0: The Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, episode two seventy two. Uh, guys, uh, everyone's been asking, and I'm trying to find a way to wiggle it in. And obviously, we got the buy coming. But look, you want to talk about it? Find a way to squeeze it in here, here tonight. And look, yes, I guess with the record being what it is, there's no more time like the present to start talking NFL draft. And to do that, uh, I reached out here to par- uh, part of the Locked On Network, part of the uh, you know uh, the the draft network. Uh, Mr. Joe Marino, guys, he's been on before, one of the hardest working guys in the draft coverage game there is. Joe, buddy, how you been, my friend?
1: Hey, Mr. Lloyd, I'm doing well. Excited to be on Talking NFL Draft with you. It's a discussion that exists 365 for me, so I'm welcoming a lot of fan bases here pretty recently to the uh, to the party. So welcome, Browns fans. Looking forward to talking about this thing with you.
0: Yeah, uh, look, I mean, for us, it's, it's not really a Costco run anymore, you know, where it's like a brand <laughs> new house, and you know what? We need everything. Uh, now it's kind of like, okay, well, you go to aisle 6, you can go to aisle 12, and hopefully we're out of the store in 10 minutes. That's kind of where we are. I mean, look, there is some good, some bad. Obviously, you know, with any good team, uh, you know, you're only as good as your depth, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now at the Browns, where we're kind of getting a little bit mismatched because, uh, I mean, when you're facing the Kansas City Chiefs uh, from the mid-second quarter on, with your fourth, fifth, six quarterbacks on your roster, with your uh, third, fourth, and fifth linebackers on the field, obviously you know you're in a very, very tough spot, and this is where you just got to go in, fill in more holes, you know, plug a couple of holes really big time, but just overall general depth is what we're going to be looking in here this evening. Um, Joe, obviously, you know, I, I, I know, obviously, you cover the NFL deeply as well. Um, the Browns, give me a view here. What, what have you seen to this point? What do you like so far? Well, I mean,
1: the obvious is that it's really exciting to see them not need a quarterback. I think Baker Mayfield has really been a <laughs> a delight to watch. I know not everything's been perfect, and that's to be expected with a young rookie quarterback uh, making the jump from Oklahoma to, to the pro ranks, and uh, there's been some bumps along the way, but Man, you've seen some of those special moments. You've seen Baker Mayfield be the reason why the Browns can win a football game. Uh, you see a decisive passer, a guy that has accuracy and arm strength, and he's making things happen on the move. And so uh, really excited that he's getting that exposure. He's getting these reps. He's able to get coached through things. He's seeing those looks for the first time. And so as the Browns continue to solidify things around him, which they're going to have a great opportunity to do this offseason, uh, it's exciting to see that he's getting that experience. So uh, we, we finally – Finally, we don't have to talk quarterbacks in the Cleveland Browns because Baker Mayfield's the guy.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know it just makes everything just so much it's so easier to look at the big picture of something when you have the biggest thing nailed down and that's what he's done so far and uh, you know what came out after you know the huge action and moving on from Todd Haley was you know John Dorsey and one of the reasons they ultimately went to Baker was is and they said, look, there's going to be some dysfunction and we wanted to make sure we knew the guy was going to be able to handle it. And, you know, with Baker being 23 years old, all your other candidates were y- younger guys at 21 years old, you know, hadn't, you know, all of them were leaving college early. You see that it's worked, and it, it, it really, it, he didn't skip a beat. Um, you know, Freddie Kitchens, uh, you know, it, it was so bad, we were doing shows where we were screwing up his name, calling him Todd before he got elevated. You know, that's how, that's how like, off the radar he was on this staff and went in this week, and look, I mean, yes, they, were, they lost by two touchdowns at the end of the day to the Kansas City Chiefs. Regardless who was here, that's probably what the outcome was going to be. But they put up over 20 points. They put the balls to the wall and said, look, we're going to go forward every fourth down in their territory. You know what? Who cares about extra points? We're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. One point ain't going to mean anything. So they were just able to go out there, and even, you know, they didn't get any, any of those two-point plays. But the point was is those reps are crucial, and to be in a situation where it's really going to matter that have that experience with all these young guys. It's a really, really good thing, and I like the way the product is flowing to this point. I think, again, this week it's going to be similar to the Chiefs. They'll be able to put up some points. Ultimately, I don't know if they'll be able to put up as much as their opponent. But look, to get the offense to the point where, you know, you're getting, look, north at 20 points week in, week out, it's a really nice feeling for Cleveland here, and it tells you we know what they have on defense when everybody's there. So it's really nice the way this is all moving forward. Uh, getting into the prospects here. For me right now, uh, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say you're going to take this guy in the top five because he's a left tackle. But I will say left tackle is the biggest need when you're talking about. Well, Desmond Harrison's not feeling well, so we're going to start Greg Robinson. I mean, I don't think there's any bigger hole on a roster here, Joe. So you know, obviously, I I know. Uh, you know, out of Alabama, Williams, obviously. Uh, you know, Greg Little, which at Browns fans, it's not the same guy. Don't get nervous about that again. Um, but give me some thoughts here on, on the left tackle group, Joe. And, you know, how many do you think are, you know, possibly, you know, top 32 players?
1: Yeah, so <clears throat> looking at this offensive tackle class right now, there's three that I really like as guys that, you know, I'd be comfortable taking the first round. Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle from Alabama, he's the cream of the crop. I know that uh, there's some talks already about him kicking inside the guard. Uh, The the truth is he does get outreached at times on film, but that's about it. That's the only knock you're really concerned with because he's so good at squaring opponents. He's powerful. He moves his feet well. His set points are really, really polished. And uh, he he really has good body control and balance. I mean, I think he's one of those guys that you, you can draft him and plug him into that offensive line and forget about that left tackle spot for a long, long time. So he's the cream of the crop. If you're able to get him... You, you've got you've got the toast of this class uh, behind him I really like Wisconsin's David Edwards. He's a guy that plays right tackle for them he's a converted tight end and I you always like to hear that because it means that there's a lot of upside and ceiling to go because you know they just haven't had as much time at the position and what he's shown, over the last couple seasons at Wisconsin, is really exciting. He moves people off the line of scrimmage. He's super powerful, so he gives you that dynamic ability to move bodies, but also he you know he's smooth and pass pro, and he really does a good job staying square and using his length to keep edgers, uh, edge rushers at the end of his reach and uh, really does a nice job there at right tackle for them. I think he's a guy that has starting potential early in his NFL career. And then the guy that I think has a ton of upside, that's uh, probably under-discussed right now is Yadni Kajust. He's from West Virginia. He plays left tackle for them, and he's super, super silky smooth with his footwork. I mean, he's got those typewriter feet got some polish to do in terms of getting his set points down and being consistent with his kick slide but you know he has that mobility he's got the play strength that you're looking for he's got the length he uses his hands so well to, to uh, really kind of get his hands fit and keep ed- edge rushers uh, wide and it really makes them work to get around him uh, and really does a good job working in space so if you're looking for a guy that's going to get out to the second level or pull into the boundary and make blocks I think you get that for Kaju so Any one of those three, I think you'd be really happy with in the top 32. There's some guys, you mentioned Greg Little. You know, it's funny, he's not Greg Little, but he is Greg Little because he's super, super, super raw. I mean, you want to talk about a guy with maybe the best physical upside in this class in terms of the offensive tackles, it's probably Greg Little. But you talk about a technical nightmare with him. So he needs a lot of work, and, you know, I think we've learned a lot from players like him in the past like Greg Robinson and he's not nearly as powerful as Greg Robinson but you know that technique issues though that's tough man that that's so hard to overcome and so if you need a guy to plug in and, and be your left tackle for Baker Mayfield you, you know, don't don't talk about Greg Little
0: okay there you go guys and uh <laughs> guys Joe uh Joe handles uh obviously you know they cover everyone but Joe is focalized and centralized on the ACC uh we did want to get your thoughts on Mitch Hyatt out of Clemson
1: Ooh, uh, not, he's not an NFL offensive tackle, I'll tell you that. Not yeah, that seems want. what I'm starting to hear. Yeah, it seems like it's a, more than
0: half that he's going to go in.
1: It's so weird because he's got so much decoration to him. Like, his accolades are there. He was the ACC Offensive Lineman of the gonna Year go, last year. He's going like to like the a, playoffs
0: for four years in a row. Yeah, I mean, you fu- know.
1: Five star, four year starter. I mean, like all the stuff that you want in terms of a resume. But man, no, I said Greg Little was a technical nightmare. Like Mitch Hyatt's a technical nightmare without the physical traits in terms of length and mobility. I mean, there's there's just nothing exciting about him. So yeah, the the buzz already out on him moving inside, taking some snaps potentially at the Senior Bowl uh, would, was going to be what he needs to do because I don't think he has a, he has a future outside in the NFL.
0: So you know, and also could be a case of great, great, phenomenal college football player. You know, yeah. pro yeah. expectations very, very, very tempered. Uh, guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Um, now you can uh, increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. Bluechew.com. That's blue. Like the color. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with same FDA-approved active ingredients such as Viagra, Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, as you can be ready for whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Uh, visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked on, Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's Blue Chew B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Com, promo code locked on. Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Browns. Now, as we move on, Joe here, uh, obviously, like I said, you know, there's some holes, but it's not a laundry list like we've been accustomed to here. Um, what I'm seeing with the wide receiver group is, look, Jarvis Landry. Uh, I, I, I think they thought maybe that they knew something that Miami did not with Jarvis Landry, and oh, he can be this guy. Jarvis Landry is a fine receiver. He's a seven, eight reception, ninety, sometimes hundred yard guy. You're just not gonna ever put him in a conversation with your Odell Beckham's and your Julio Jones. So, the, and then you get down, down and it's role players. Antonio Callaway, we really don't know yet. Uh Rashard Higgins looks good in the opportunities he's getting, but again, this is these are guys that are going to be middle of the core. We kind of need more, even if Landry, with the amount of targets he gets and you know, the receptions he gets, he's even if he's not a one A, say a one B. We need another guy to, but do the, do it more vertically. Uh, you know we need the guy who can get you five for one ten. Um, I really really thought DK Metcalf would have been a perfect guy mm-hmm. in this scenario sadly uh the situation whatever it is with him you know uh, you know for guys like us and, and we always follow this we just cross our fingers and hope for the best for the kid because nobody wants to see it over before the kid even got a shot but uh you know it, taking him out of the equation uh Nakel harry's another guy i've got eyes on give me some some thoughts here on some guys that you think could be pretty pretty strong producers in the nfl
1: yeah you know for me my wide receiver one and and DK Metcalf aside because we don't know the severity of that neck injury because he's the true number one dude. Like if he's in this class, that's the one you want.
0: There's like Randy uh, Moss, like he doesn't even know what the hell he's uh, doing and just dominating yeah. people.
1: Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Rare, rare traits. Super good in his release, man. Like his ability to beat press coverage and get off the line, exceptional. Uh, but we're not sure about him, so let's not think about him right now. I really like Kelvin Harmon from NC State. Um, Jersey's a guy What What's that now? Jersey. Boy. Jersey. Yes, really? he is. Okay, I've learned something today. Um, I've, I've watched a ton of NC State here lately, and, and spent some time around their program. I really like what I see from Calvin Harmon. Um, I think he's got some blue chip traits, Jeff. Uh, his his play strength, his ability to get off the line of scrimmage and beat press coverage, and uh, his physicality. What he can do at the catch point in terms of getting his frame positioned and and, uh, and using his play strength to make plays on the football he's got really good ability to high point he's got a really good ability to adjust and snare throws in any direction and um you know i don't think he's a guy that we're going to see run like low four fours or anything like that but he's that alpha he's that power forward type guy that can win in the red zone move the sticks uh but i think there's a little bit more smoothness to his game that i think a lot of people give him credit for so he's the guy that i'm kind of targeting right now uh in the first round my wide receiver number two might be a surprise for some people but it's riley ridley he's he's from georgia and you think about this georgia offense man they've got so many weapons they've got two tight ends that deserve looks they've got four wide receivers a couple of running backs uh and so riley ridley's not going to wow you with the production but watch him play like watch his routes watch when he does get chances to make plays in the football like he's got top trades and so if you're willing to overlook the lack of production that i don't think is his fault uh, i think you can get a really really solid player he's calvin ridley's brother
0: and, uh, and, you so go, I and obviously, you go back to last year's national championship game, where you know it was kind right. of his coming out party.
1: Right. He's a bigger, he's a bigger, stronger, maybe less fluid version of Calvin. So I think there's a lot to be said for him. I like him. And then there's you know there's the big guys: J. J. Arcega-Whiteside from Stanford, Harry, like you mentioned from Arizona State, Hakeem Butler on Iowa State, Colin Johnson, Texas. You know those big, just huge guys that. We need to do a lot more work on their film to know if we feel comfortable with them being separators at the next level. Because there's guys every year like that. Like think of, think back to last year. We were talking about Simi Cobb's and Marcel Aitman, right? As these because they're big and Alan Vizard. Right, right, yeah. And then you get into the tape, and you're like, "Oh man, well, we got we got questions here." So just because the guy's big and Moss's dudes in college, like, there's there's layers that we need to get to. There's a lot of tape that we need to study before we can say, "Okay, yeah, well, this is going to be the guy that can do that at the pro level." So I need to do more work on some of these bigger receivers. But right now, Harmon, Ridley, those are the guys I like in the top thirty-two.
0: Very, very interesting. And look, I mean, these are guys. I mean, they're going to have to have their eyes on, and they're going to probably need a little size. I mean, you know, they have Ratley, they have Willies um willies you know had one lovely afternoon in the baltimore win but it sadly broke a collarbone on a friday which is the craziest thing how are you breaking a collarbone on friday in an nfl practice but he did happen and uh you know obviously damian ratley's getting snaps he's not really featured uh, there is some rawness now and obviously you kind of had a feeling with that because you know texas M last year was basically you know they were running just a lot of jet screens and you know basically get to a spot and we're throwing it regardless um, so, you know, he's a guy still developing, but at the same respect, he is already 23 years old, so maybe he is what he is, but it's, you know, they're definitely going to need to address that. And I don't think Baker Mayfield needs, you know, godly, you know, like he doesn't need the Randy Mosses, the Julio Jones of the world. I think he just needs guys who can get open. And if they are open, they're going to catch the ball when it gets to well, it. what about Hollywood. Why are we talking about Hollywood Brown? That, I mean, well, that, that is interesting, but the only problem I have with the Hollywood Brown is is that maybe what they think Callaway could be? And, that, you know, I, I I look, the Callaway selection, oh, my God, Joe, because we saw out. it for months. We saw it for months coming. And, yeah. and for me it was, wait a minute, you went to the Combine. We've given you every chance. You went to the Combine and you pissed dirty. It was for me, like, I'm out. Because, you know, look, it was a year and a half now. And this is all you had to do was show up there, do everything right, and you couldn't.
1: Right, and he's super, and like just all that stuff aside, he's super inconsistent on the field. Like he's fast, I get it, but like his ability to finish with consistency was a problem at Florida. It's been a problem already with the Browns. Like Marquise Brown, the problem with him is he you could fit him in your pocket in terms of his weight, yep. but rare speed and and a player that Baker's already comfortable throwing to. So you know I don't know that you want to take him high just because I, I think he's somewhat limited because of his size. But if you can get him on day two plug him in and give him some you know give baker a familiar target with that type of juice i'd man i'd i'd be so willing to to give him an opportunity callaway needs competition like
0: callaway honestly should, yeah make or break him. yeah
1: yeah we, we can't we can't sit here and make decisions based on antonio callaway being on the roster like that's a dude that needs needs a fire lit under his ass
0: yeah, I agree. But, I mean, even when you think about it, though, I mean, you get Nick with two strong runs in a row, and then you go play action with a guy where, like Brown, who, you know, you're not going to be, I mean, not many guys oh. can chase him from behind. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's one Browns fans, because they Oh, I mean, obviously they know the connection, so they always want to go that route, too. Um, this defensive line class, first of all, guys, if you're not paying enough attention, this is an incredibly special Group. When you're talking, you could have what, maybe five, six, seven names called in the top ten, all at defensive line. It's insane, and and there's deeper after that. But Joe, we're looking more interior here, and hopefully, if they do do it, they'll be smart enough to give these guys enough reps because it's disgusting that uh, Larry Ogunjobi's played 120 more snaps than any other defensive tackle in the NFL. It's actually almost <laughs> criminal. It's it's It might be criminal in this regard that are doing it. Um, yeah. But the one thing, Larry can pay, rush rush the passer a little bit from interior, but it, it, it's not the best thing he does. And there are some guys in this class who can do that in, on the interior.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, and uh, three names, three names here. Uh, I actually did a mock draft. We did a mock draft on Draft Dudes this past week. And uh, I made the pick for the Browns and I was able to get them at Oliver at number six. And my Oof. goodness, you want to talk about a steal? If, if you can get... Oliver on this defensive line and put him next to Ogunjobi with Garrett. Oh, good Lord. You've got a wrecking crew up front. That's going to get into the backfield and make plays left and right. I mean, uh, Oliver's the guy that he, look, he's 6'1", 275. I I spent time with him recently. I I, I can tell you that he's not over 6'2", and he's not above 280, but don't overlook him because of that. Don't be the team that lets Aaron Donald slip out of the top ten because he doesn't have the measurables you're looking for. This is a guy that has special ability to get off the ball. He's got really good hand technique, rare flexibility. He has really an outstanding motor, and he finds the football and finishes exceptionally well. So don't overlook that size. He's exceptional. Quinn and Williams from Alabama, I actually moved – Williams above Oliver on my most recent big board. It was hard for me because I love Oliver. I've loved him for years now at Houston, but I can't deny what Quinton Williams is doing. He's a bigger version of Al- at Oliver. So I think you get everything you get from Oliver in Williams, but he's just a bigger, longer player, and, and that matters. And then if you're looking for a player maybe uh, not necessarily in the top ten, but if the, if the Browns were to trade up or something like that and f- fill a need. Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State, I think he's a really outstanding pass rusher. He's got some baggage off the field, but the Browns have never really been no. shy, of, <laughs> shy, of, you know, shy of that. And he's a guy that's been clean for a while now, but it's unfortunate that we have to kind of talk about some of his domestic issues coming into uh, his career. In college, but uh, really exciting ability to penetrate and get into the backfield and, and pass rush, and he's he's an outstanding player. And and look, the thing about the defensive tackle situation, like if you have a chance to pull the trigger on a guy like Williams or Oliver in the top ten, I think you do it. But then after that, like this thing is so deep, man. Like I think you can get players like throughout the top one hundred. That are going to be impact defensive linemen. I mean, we didn't even talk about the Clemson guys and Gerald Willis from Miami and Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame. Like, so, they're so, uh, named uh, on
0: top uh, of. Names. Okay, so let me ask you this then: So, do you think if 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 you were forced to, if it was say Jonah Williams at six, and you'll go ahead and take a D tackle with your pick in the second round, you're going to go that route?
1: Well, I, again, I'm not going say to. Little-
0: dro- I'm just saying the drop. I'm just saying the drop off yeah. from offensive tackle to defensive tackle. Oh.
1: For sure, for sure, but unless it's Williams or Oliver. Those guys are special.
0: Okay, all right. But then after that, you're you're all a bunch of guys that, whether or not if they ended up getting drafted 13 or 36, all could equate each other's careers. Okay. That's right. All All right, right. guys, we're sitting here on Locked On Browns. We're getting our first draft talk in the year, guys. Uh, We'll do some more during the bye week, guys, because obviously we're going to have a lot of time to fill. Uh, Joe Marino here, part of the Draft Dudes podcast with Kyle Krabs, guys, part of the Lockdown Network. Guys, if you aren't subscribed to it, they do a good job over there. Uh, they've been working together for years, so they got a great rapport on air. So go ahead, subscribe, get on to Draft Dudes if you have not to this point. Um, now, one more we're going to get to, Joe, and I kind of like the approach John Dorsey took. Uh, it would not be a podcast with Joe Marino without one of his dogs jumping on. I love it. Um... Now uh, the cornerback class. Uh, I think what I liked what John Dorsey did. They added a bunch of cornerbacks, but the problem is, is the injuries are decimating. Joe, obviously, you're familiar with EJ Gaines. Being the Bill fans you are, EJ Gaines is a nice player, but the problem yeah. EJ Gaines is the ultimate guy of your greatest abilities, your availability. Now with his second serious concussion, you know I was messaged on Monday that you know, this was going to be it for the year for him. The official word came out yesterday. So it's tough to see, um, you know, Terrence Mitchell coming back, who was playing really well. But, you know, hopefully he'll be back this year. But you, you just need bodies. And, I mean, when you, you talk about the way the NFL is and you look at all the statistics these quarterbacks are putting up, you better make sure that you have, if you're carrying five or six cornerbacks, you've got to be able to trust them on game day because – when you're facing Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and the list goes on and on, even the middling quarterbacks are putting up ridiculous numbers. So you've got to be deep at that position. Uh, give me some, uh, you know, give me a couple guys here, whether it's high or you know maybe in the middle rounds here, some guys who caught your eye so far. Yeah,
1: and uh, and welcome Nacho to the podcast. You know, he had to get his uh, takes in like he does every time. He must time. have heard. He must have heard Jeff. It was, it was not hear Jeff's voice. <laughs> yeah, he had to get it. He had to get it in. Oh man, so this corner class is really interesting. The guy that I like if you're going to go high early, Greedy Williams from LSU, he's not perfect, right? Let's go ahead and get that out of the way. But if there's a guy worth taking in the top 10 just based on upside because of his size, length, fluidity, ability to win in man coverage, ability to make plays on the ball, like you see that at a high level from Greedy Williams. There's some consistency stuff that I want to see corrected with him, but a type of physical talent that's worthy of that top 10 pick. Now – After that, I think this is where things get really interesting because there's a lot of corners that I I like, not necessarily a ton that I love. The guy that's really caught my eye lately, and you mentioned that I do a lot of work with the ACC, but Bryce Hall. Uh, their cornerback. He's a guy that's a converted wide receiver, been playing corners since 2016. Uh, he's he's leading the ACC in pass deflections with like 17 already this season, a couple interceptions. Uh, he's super competitive. He's long. He's physical. He remains in phase. I think he's got a lot of speed for his size. He's going to check in around 6'1", over 200 pounds. And so I think if you need a guy that can take away another team's number one alpha receiver, he's the guy that has the physical ability to do that. He's having a great season. Uh, Byron Murphy's one of those guys from Washington who's just super fluid, quick feet, a guy that's going to be able to remain in phrase, and he's scrappy for a smaller guy. DeAndre Baker from Georgia – uh, he could win in a lot of different techniques. He doesn't necessarily have the long speed, but he remains in face so well. He's so willing to stay square and work within to the frame of the wide receiver. I like him a ton. So, you know, there's the Monty Warriors from from Penn State, who's a, a big, long guy that's going to win in press situations. So it kind of depends on what type of corner you're looking for. Uh, but uh, I think if you're going to go high, Greedy Williams, and then there's a host of guys, a lot of uh, that, you know, I think can go anywhere from 15 to 40 and, and really uh, provide value in starting upside.
0: Yeah, and they're going to have to do it. Uh, and look, I mean, and, and like we said with Baker, look, you've already got it established. You've got Denzel Ward. You've got yes. one part of it covered. And for me, I was just a little nervous on the size. And he's gotten basically a murderer's row of competition <sighs> thus far. And now Atlanta comes in this week. And now Julio Jones, um, you know, he's battling a bit of a hip flexor. They think he's going to be able to go. So he's getting, you know, he's getting a trial by fire. And, you know, I think for the most part, he's stood up pretty well now.
1: Yeah, man, I got to be honest. Let me take an L here. I, I like Denzel Ward a ton as a prospect, but I question that decision in the top five because of his size. But my goodness, like he's proven him, himself able to be that number one guy, that lockdown corner. And so uh, I wanted to see them go Bradley Chubb, but and he, he, it, was, it turns out either way would have been a great pick. But really, they've solidified you know that that all important number one corner role here with with Ward at a high level, and, and really really a great job uh, investing in him early.
0: And one good, you know, one good part of it was it, it was you know it was kind of a, a smart move to kind of satisfy his fan base because there's a lot of complaints here, from you know any Browns type of people is that they don't touch a lot that comes out of Ohio State. So mm-hmm. they did, and the fact that Denzel Ward is playing so well, and you know at the end of the line it, it is a business, and if you drafted a guy from Ohio State and you are the Cleveland Browns and it's panning out. It's good for business. It creates dollar signs, guys. Um, Absolute blast here, guys, having Joe Marino here on Locked On Browns, getting our first dip into the draft pool. Um, Joe, obviously, uh, Joe's closing in on 18,000 followers. Guys, if you're not doing that yet, get on that for Joe Marino. Listen to Draft Dudes with him and Kyle Krabs. Uh, All of the uh, work over the Draft Network LLC, these guys do a ridiculous amount. You're getting big boards once a week from everybody. You're getting mock draft once a week from everybody. You're getting all their articles. These guys have – it's become a nice collected group effort over there, and uh, it's it's showing well, and I know these guys are proud of the work, and they're happy to success so far to this point. Aren't you all, Joe?
1: Oh, yeah, really excited about it. And coming soon is our mock draft machine and build your own big board where you'll be able to be the general manager of the Cleveland Browns and simulate all seven rounds and insert your own big board or use one of ours, and and it's just a lot of exciting interactive features that – uh, they've taken a little bit longer than we thought to get them get them live, but uh, they are going to be ridiculously high quality, so stay tuned. Those are coming uh, probably just before January, so a lot of st- exciting stuff coming to complement the written work and the podcast that you can catch on the Draft Network
0: there you go guys Um, for the show the Locked On Browns Twitter account guys it's always follow back so go ahead and do that Um, any suggestions you have send me a DM send me a a tweet over there Uh, you know we'll be glad to try to make it happen follow me personally at Jeff LJ underscore Lloyd Um, guys do me a favor uh, the iTunes ratings reviews keep those up guys Uh, you know uh, and like I always tell you guys if one of your friends isn't listening take their phone subscribe for them let them buy you a beer (laughs) later Um, until we talk the next time guys LGB on the LOB